Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Matthew chapter 5. Lord, put some things in my heart this afternoon, and we'll, uh, we'll just trust Him to put it all together. But I'm going to start in the first verse of Matthew, the fifth chapter. I'm in Mark, so let me turn to Matthew. Turn to the wrong M. Let me get to the right M. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. And seeing the multitude, he went up on a mountain. And when he was, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the, is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Praise God. Uh, you know, we, we, this is titled in our Bibles, the Beatitudes, and the Lord went on for the next few chapters here and talked about various things. But um, the Lord this, this afternoon has brought me back to this. You know, we're heading into a, a, a new year, obviously, to that we've already headed into a new year. If we're heading into a new one now, something happened in 2016, but we're into 2016. And um, praise God. I, I, I'm excited for what God is doing you know, I'm thankful for 2015. I'm thankful for what he's done. I'm thankful for the ground we've covered. And uh, we've seen a lot, experienced a lot. But, you know, it's, it's just the beginning. It's just uh, uh, really, there's the, the, there's the old saying, today is the first day of the rest of your life. Well, today is the first day of the rest of what God wants to do. And uh, he's got so many goodies and, and things for us that we've not even scratched the surface of, of what he wants to do in our lives, what he wants to show us, what he wants to reveal us, how he wants to use us. And, and um, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's an amazing thing to be in a relationship with God. Amen? But in verse 3, he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. The Amplified of this said, um, says, Blessed, happy to be envied, and spiritually prosperous, with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, salvation regardless of their outward conditions. That's what blessed means. <laughs> Happy to be envied and spiritually prosperous with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation regardless of their outward conditions. You know, you can stop, stop right there. Regardless of outward conditions, we are, if these things apply to us, we are blessed. We are happy to be envied and spiritually prosperous. Hope you realize that mu much of everything in this life is here to convince us that what is true isn't. Everything that the enemy brings, everything that this life brings, that we we're talking about fallen, the result of, of the fall of mankind and, and their high treason against God and, and the work of the enemy, everything in this life is set up to try to convince you that you are not who the word says you are, you are not who God has made you to be, you have not what God, what Jesus paid for you to have. But regardless of an outward condition, you're blessed. You're happy. Well, I don't feel happy. No, you're happy. You, you, you are happy. You, you, may just, you may not be aware of it at the time, but you are happy. To be envied and spiritually prosperous. Hmm. With life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of their outward condition, goes on to say, are the poor in spirit, meaning the humble, those who rate themselves insignificant, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And there's a message really in every, every verse here uh, as he was talking, and I want to focus on, on verse later on down, but you know, it's important that we stay humble. I said it's important we stay humbled, that we, we stay in a position of of aware of the fact that we don't know everything. <laughs> that, you know, growing up, that, that's a major lesson to learn, isn't it? <laughs> 
It's a major lesson to learn. And sometimes you don't realize how big of a lesson it is until you have your own children that come up and they need to learn that maybe they don't know everything. I'm learning every day. I, I know less than I thought I did. But you know, when it comes to the things of God, we really know so little. We really know so little. You know, I thank God for, for being raised in a good church and being a God calling us back here. He could have sent us a lot of different places. I'm thankful that he sent us back here. I'm thankful for the things we've learned. But you know what? We know so little. We know a lot, but we know so little. You know, you can live your life and be, really that's what keeps you steady, is knowing what you know and being uh, confident in what you know, but then at the same time also being confident that you don't know everything and there's more to know. Because a person who is like that, a person who is poor in spirit or humble, says for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's not for everybody. It's for those who are humble in spirit and have, who are aware of the fact that they don't know everything. And they are, because of that awareness, they are open to what he has for them. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. That verse in the Amplified says, Blessed and enviably happy with a happiness produced by the, the experience of God's favor and especially conditioned by the revelation of his matchless grace are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. You know, when we go through things in life, I know, we, like I so said, there's messages and everything. When you go through something, it's an opportunity to experience the grace of God. How awesome is that? You know, a lot of times I think people, they run from things and, and, and they're always looking for, for, for the time when this is over. And yes, the Lord wants these things to be over that when, when attacks come and, and opposition comes, you know, and, and, and there are times when, when we are in mourning, right? There are times when people are in mourning, right? When things happen. I mean, as long as we live in this life, there will be days of mourning, because as long as we're here, there'll be people that we love that go on beyond us. There will be situations and things that arise. There will be times of mourning, times of loss. There will be these times. And it's foolish to think that that doesn't happen. That is the case. But the good news is that because of those who are in union with Christ, we get to not just go through the mourning, but we also get to experience the grace of God. And the grace that carries us through and takes us from where we are and moves us on and get, and get to experience the kindness of the Father. You know, at, at times like that, that's the best time to lift your hands and just worship God. In the midst of when things just lo are looking rough and looking tough and not looking, not going the way you think they ought to, just taking a minute, a moment and just honoring him. Why? Because you're just honoring and recognizing the fact that he's still God, his grace is still sufficient, and he still has you on his mind. Whew. It says, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Mm, thank God for that. Blessed are the meek. Blessed, uh, the Amplified says, happy, blithesome, joyful, spiritually prosperous are the meek, the mild, patient, and long-suffering, for they shall inherit the earth. Verse 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. We'll come back to that in a minute. Verse 7, blessed are those who are merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. What you sow is what you reap. Jesus was pretty smart. I'm coming to learn this every day. He knew, he knew a whole lot of stuff, and he could say a lot in just a few words. Verse 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Mm. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, we're, we're like I said, we're heading into a new year, and, and really I want to focus on verse 5, but I had to read all of those because uh, they're just so good. And, and there's a couple of them maybe we'll come to at the end. But um, in the fifth verse, it says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. You know, the, the, the message and the uh, 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 exhortation that we get from time to time about hunger is something that we need to, it's not something you can hear too much. It is the, it is the thing that drives us forward, is a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. Are you out there? It is a thing that drives us. Pastor said he talked to Tony Cook. You know, Tony Cook was our dean when we were at Rama, and uh, he now travels full-time. And he said when he thinks of the word revival, he always thinks of the word hunger because you, you, you don't have one without the other, right? I mean, you, they go hand in hand. And if, you, if you're going to have revival, you have to have hunger. And if you have hunger, you're going to have revival. 
they, they go hand in hand. One produces the other. And if you take one out of the equation, then things just don't work right. If you take one out of the equation, then you lose the other. Amen. You know, where we are is just the beginning. Where, what, where we're at now is, is really just the beginning. It's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. But hunger is such an important thing. Hunger and thirst for righteousness, those will be filled. Notice who gets filled? Those who hunger. It's not a trick question, right? Who gets filled? Those who are hungry and thirsty. If, those, if someone is not hungry and thirsty, do they get filled? No, it says that, that blessed are those who thirst and hunger for they'll, they shall be filled, right? And so, you know, hungering and thirsting is not something that is on God's end any more than uh, 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 being meek or being humble or being pure in heart or being a peacemaker. That's not God, that's us. See, we are co-laborers together with Christ. There's a God side and there's a man side. Can I tell you this? God has done everything on his side that there is to do. If there's anything lacking, it's on our end and what we need to do. Okay, would you agree with me on that? And so if, if, if it's our job to be, to be humble, if our job to, to uh, well, it's not our job to mourn, that's a result that comes in this life, but to be open to his comfort, right? If it's our job to be meek or to be uh, uh, humble, to be, what, what word do they use here in the Amplified? To be uh, mild, patient, long-suffering. Is, this God, is it God's responsibility to be long-suffering? We know that he is, but who, who's, who is it talking about here? It's about us. It's, it's our job to be merciful if we want to obtain mercy. You can't be harsh and, and hard with people and hard towards life and expect to obtain mercy. It just doesn't work that way. Blessed are the pure in heart. It's our job. Well, going back, it's our job to stay hungry. It's our job to stay thirsty. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. I want to just talk a little bit tonight about hungering or staying hungry for righteousness. But I want to look at it just a little, maybe a little different than, I, than I've looked at it before. Go with me over to uh, Romans chapter 1. Romans, the the first chapter. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Righteousness is something that we are to pursue and desire. When I say we, I mean all of us as individuals. Because whether we're satisfied or not is not on a church level, it's on an individual basis. Now, you have a church that's satisfied. It's satisfied as a church because it has members who are satisfied, right? And so our responsibility to, be, to do these things are ours alone, not, not the group that we hang out with or run with, but it's our responsibility to take our place within that group and to not just be around people who are hungry, but take our place of hunger in that group, right? It's, our, it's, it's my responsibility to, to be in a place of being hungry and thirsty for righteousness, but then also to maintain a place of being hungry and thirsting after righteousness. There, that, that is a difference. They are two separate things. Starting off and then maintaining something is, is, also, uh, is also something that you have to do as well. Now, before we go any further, let me just say it's easy. It is an easy thing to do, but it's something we have to be mindful of, amen? And so blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Now, we think of the word righteousness, we typically think of what? Right standing with God, right? That's what we think of. Righteousness is right standing with God. Here in Romans chapter 1, it says in verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also the Greek, for in it... The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So we know that, that the, the power of the gospel, the, the, uh, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, which puts us in a position of being right with him and right standing with God. Aren't you glad with that? When a person gets born again, they're in right standing with God. Go over to the 10th chapter, Romans chapter 10. You're in the first chapter, go over to Romans the 10th chapter. Praise God. Hallelujah. (laughs) Romans 10, 9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Notice, with the heart one believes unto righteousness. 
What is that? It's being, you believe into a position of being in right standing with God. Go over to 2 Corinthians, the uh, fifth chapter. These are scriptures that we know, but they're good to read. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Praise the Lord. When you're there, say, I'm there, Pastor Greg. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their sins to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Verse 20, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Verse 21, for he made him who knew, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. When, a, when you, we know this, when a person gets born again, the old, the past is gone, everything has become new, and now they're a new creation created in Christ Jesus, and all things are, are have been made right. Means they have obtained righteousness. They are right with God. When you get born again, you are right with God, and that is something to be hungry for and thirst after, right? But how many of you realize that once you become become righteous, once you have experienced and received righteousness, the righteousness of, of God, once you have received that and you become made right with him, how do you know that you have received it? You've received it. You do realize that once a person's born again, unless they turn their back on the Lord and reject him, which, you know, we, 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 we trust no one here does that. But you don't get saved over and 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 over again. Right? A lot of people believe that. You do realize that, right? Every time that they miss it, make a mistake, which we all do, they think that they've got to get reborn again. That's not the way it works. Now, if you reject him and make a decision to turn your back on him and choose not to believe in him and choose not to serve him, well, then that's a whole nother category, right? And you actually believe in your heart that he is no longer who he said he was. Well, then that's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother situation. But missing it, losing it on the job, you know, and, and, and saying something you shouldn't, saying something to your spouse that you shouldn't, saying something in traffic that you shouldn't. I'm going to hit everybody here in a minute, right? I mean, so, I mean, you know, just doing something that's not right. You don't have to get reborn again. Again, you're, listen, the grace of God covers you. You still need to acknowledge it and repent after that and say, Lord, that was stupid. Call it what it was. That was dumb. You know, call a spade a spade. That was really, that was a bonehead move on my part. I'm sorry. Guess what he says? I forgive you. He doesn't say, I save you again. He just says, all right, it's cool. I forgive you. And he's faithful and just to do this no matter what it is. We know he's faithful and just and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And it's, it's a wonderful deal. It's a wonderful deal. So the righteousness, yeah, we are to hunger and, and to hunger and thirst for righteousness. But once you have righteousness from a positional standpoint, you're in that place. Once you've obtained righteousness, right standing with God, it's a position that unless you reject Christ and turn your back on him and believe that he is no longer who he says he is, then you, you've obtained righteousness, and so it's not something you continue to seek after and stay hungry for. You already have it. Now, I'm not saying we don't stay hungry for God. We Obviously, we do. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying being right with him as far as something we're trying to obtain, that's not something your position, once you're born again, that's where you are. That's your position. And so when somebody comes in our, our church and they, or you meet on the street and you pray for them and they get born again, from that point on, they are right with God no matter what it looks like. They hungered and thirst for something, even if it was small, God will respond to that. They confess with their mouth, believe in their heart. It confessions made unto, you know, believing unto salvation. I'm getting all confused, but you know the scripture in Romans chapter 10, we just read it, right? And so they do that, they receive righteousness and they receive salvation, so that's done. Well, but they're, they're, we still... There, there is still a, a side of hunger in the righteousness of God. And like I said, we're not saying that you're not hungry to see God move. We, had, we need to stay hungry to see God move. We need to stay hungry for more of him. Now, positionally speaking, we have all of him that we can have. That's what I'm trying to say earlier. 
positionally, you're made right with him. You have everything that's available. There's nothing left that you don't have. You may not be aware of what you have. You may not know everything that you have, but you have everything that belongs to you, will ever belong to you, belongs to you then because you're in right standing with God. Yet we maintain a hunger to see God move, and, and that's one of the things that uh, 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 is key is we, we maintain uh, a hunger to see God move in our life. We need to maintain that. But when I looked at this word today, righteousness, the word righteousness, and I'm not a Greek scholar, but this word righteousness, I'll spell it to you, is D-I-K-A-I-O-S-U-N-E. It's Greek to me, so I don't know how you say it, but it's a long Dikazes, whatever, that's, that's completely wrong. But anyway, it's a, it, D-I-K-A-I-O-S-U-N-E. In righteousness, what that word actually means is right action. What this word righteousness here actually means is right action. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, right action. Now, when you say that, our first thought is right action as in sin, don't sin right? To not lose it on the job, to not get out of line with our spouse, to not lose it. Pastor, he's pointing at PA. All right. Uh, To not lose it on the road, to have right actions, right? And those things are important, but that's not, that's not what the Lord put on my heart for the, for this evening. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, right action. Go with me over to, um, Go with me over to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis, the first chapter. Genesis, the first chapter. Lord, you have to help me here. Praise the Lord. We know that when a person is born again, they're in right standing with God. But being in right standing alone with God is not all there is to it. We need to hunger and thirst after right action. And not just not sinning or doing the right thing, but right action. What is the action that that mankind was called to do? You know, when a person gets born again, we're restored, spiritually speaking, we're restored to the position that man was supposed to have in the very beginning. We're restored to the position that God called you and I to have, that he ordained us and destined us to have from the very beginning of time when he created Adam and Eve. We're restored to that same spot. When you accept Christ, that's he, as far as God's concerned, we are just the way we were yet without sin. We were like we, he created us to be before the fall, and you skip the whole fall, we're back into where we should have been. We're being right with, with God. But you know that there was some action that God had for Adam to take. Yes, he was in right standing with him. Adam and Eve were in right standing with God, but there was action that God expected of them. Really, he didn't even talk to him about sin. He just said, don't eat of this tree. He just assumed that doing the right thing where sin was concerned, they'd do the right thing. Of course, they failed, they missed it, but the, the, the plan of God was immediately put into effect, right, for, for, for that to be restored. But notice in, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our image, Genesis 1, 26, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Now notice, verse 28. Now we have the reason why they created man, but now let's look at what God actually said to man. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. See, man was created for a purpose, but now God in this, in this verse, verse 28, he declared and spoke to man his purpose. He was right with God. Adam and Eve were right with God. They were in right standing with God. Now he gave him his marching orders for the actions as a man and a woman in right standing with with himself. He then gave him his marching orders of what right actions they ought to take, righteous actions. He didn't say don't sin, which we know you shouldn't sin. But what he said was, he said, listen, be fruitful and multiply and have dominion over the earth. He said, go out and do something with your position. He said, go out and do something with your position. Now, we're to hunger and thirst after right action, righteousness. That's more than just what the Lord has done for me. 
in my standing with him, that takes it to another, perp- another level. Yes, now you know who you are, but then you begin to take who you are and put that into action in the earth. See, when Adam and Eve were placed here, the earth was in a mess. We know that's not how God created in the beginning where he creates everything right and perfect, but chaos had fallen on the earth. It said the spirit of, of, of God hovered over the face of the deep. He was looking for an opportunity to, to, to move, but the earth was void without form. There was, there was a mess on the earth. And so God created this little place called Eden, the Garden of Eden for Adam and Eve, his man and woman who were in right standing with him and created and put them in this perfect world. But notice he said, you go out and have dominion over it. You go out and fill the earth and have dominion over it. What was he telling them? You take what you have here and you extend the borders of the garden out there. Think about that. They were in right standing with God, but God gave them an assignment to take what they had here and take it everywhere else and and move, push the borders out further. This is something we're to hunger for. This is something we're to thirst for. Not just our position, but the experience and the work of that position that comes with it. Where we are is just the beginning. But as long as we just stay in a position where it's about us and what God do, has done for us and there is more he wants to do, we never lose sight of that. You never, lo- you never lose your hunger for more of God and to know more and to see more and to experience more personally, yes. You never lose that. And that's, that's something you keep praying for, you keep believing God for, you keep expecting and God will do that. But you take it a step further and then you move into the position of right action. If we stay only self-centered and focused on ourselves, we won't then move into the next, the other area of righteousness that we're to hunger and thirst after. And it's expanding the borders of the kingdom of heaven beyond our own lives into the lives and the world around us. Adam and Eve were called to, were said to multiply, be prosperous, be fruitful and multiply. Multiply, create more of yourself. Go out and have dominion over the messed up world, all the creatures that are in it, all the stuff that's in it. You go out and you make, you set what was wrong, you set it right. Who was to go out and have dominion? Who was? In this case, who was in Genesis? Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve were to have dominion. They were to, to, God did his part. He created a place for them, and then he gave them the responsibility of expanding those borders. He, he, did God not know there was chaos outside the garden? Absolutely. And that's why he sent Adam and Eve there was to take care of the chaos. The things that were void, the things that were messed up, the things that were in complete di- disarray. That's why Adam and Eve were there. They were there to seek righteousness, the right action of God, and to expand those borders. I don't know, when, when you think about seeking and being hungry for God and his, in righteousness, do you think about it from the standpoint of not just your place with him, but your action and the role and the, the, the job that that position now entitles you to. It's a little different. I've some had never seen until this afternoon. Exactly like this. We're to hunger and thirst after these things. Go over to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew the 6th chapter. Now, we have here the, the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> and it's interesting, here in the Lord's Prayer, you have really uh, the, the, uh, the, the structure of the Christian life in just a few verses. Well, this is, the, you know, the model prayer here. And in, in uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, it says, In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Verse 11, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, of, uh, is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, a lot of people have taken this prayer, and they've just, they've just prayed it as if that this is the only prayer you're supposed to pray. No, this, this is not what this is. It's really setting up. Jesus gave us an example of our life right here. 
the prayer and the goal of our life. Our, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It always started with recognizing who he is. But notice the very next thing is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Does that sound remotely similar to the charge that God gave Adam and Eve in the garden? Think about that. Does that sound just a little bit like the original uh, uh, after he made man, he made Adam and Eve in right standing with himself, placed them in the garden, the command he gave them to, to multiply, to reproduce, and then to go dominate. It says here, he said it this way, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We need to be hungry and stir up hunger within ourselves, not just for our position, but for expanding and bringing the kingdom of heaven, expanding its sphere of influence on this earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, this, 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 uh, I believe going forward, Something that, that uh, 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 the Lord has, has placed on my heart is something that just won't go away for us and for mankind and for this day. Pastor's been talking about, he talked about, you know, the coming restoration and a restoration of all these things, the, uh, the character of Christ. Uh, what, what are the ones you mentioned? The, the power of Christ, the character of Christ, the authority of Christ. Who are those things for? They're for us. They're for us, but not just for our own lives, but for us to use to set things straight that have gotten out of order. Are you hungry to be used by God? Are you hungry to, to, uh, 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 to do the right actions of God? Hmm. I just want to challenge you as we move into this year and move forward. I believe that, that uh, 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 we're going to have some opportunities to do some things. There are some opportunities, and, and let me just say this too. We don't have to have everything in our own personal lives completely figured out to do what this says. Most people, I've been there with myself, well, once I get it for myself, then I'll be able to minister. No, remember, your position, you are right with God. And when a person is in a position of being right with God, then the, the assignment that comes with that is yours automatically as well. You don't have to wait for it. It's yours already. So just because we don't have everything figured out doesn't mean there's still not a work to be done and a thing to be done. And let me tell you something. It's not just something for the pastors to do. It's for each and every individual to do. Are you hungry for it? Are you thirsty for it? Go with me over to Hebrews chapter, uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Praise God. We have this uh, account of, of Enoch here in, in the word, and we have uh, uh, these scriptures, and I, I want to read this. In Hebrews chapter 11, in verse 5, it says, By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. It was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Verse 6, But without faith, it is impossible to please God or to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So the, 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 the thing here with Enoch, if you go back to Genesis chapter 5, it said of Enoch twice that he walked with God. He walked with God. He went from one place to another. He went, he went from where he was to where the Lord wanted him to be, and eventually God just took him, just kept him. But he, he received this, this testimony that he pleased God. As he walked with God, he pleased God. He believed that he was, and he was a rewarder of those, of those who diligently seek him. Those beliefs that he was and that he was a rewarder is the thing that allowed Enoch to go from where he was to where he needed to be. Now, the reason why we say that is there is a journey for us to take. We have started a journey. We have started a journey, and it starts with us becoming alive to what God is doing in ourselves and, and, and beginning to see uh, uh, life through his eyes. 
beginning to see what God wants to do, beginning to be hungry to see God move. But then there's another place that comes after that. We have to realize that God's moving in the earth is our moving in the earth. For God to move in the earth, we have to move in the earth. We want to see God move. We want to see God do things and we're hungry for And we need to continue to pray for these things and seek for these things and pray out this stuff and be hungry for this stuff. But realize at the same time, in order for it to be accomplished, you can make all the plans in the world, but if you don't actually go, you know, going on a vacation or something, you can make all of the plans that there are to make. You can make all the phone calls ahead of time. You can set up all the reservations that are to set up, but unless you get in the car and go, you'll never go on that vacation. So as, as, as a church, we begin to see that there is something out there, that God has something for us, and God's been stirring in us that there, there is more to be had, right? And then we're praying these things out. We're seeking after God moving. We're, we're wanting him to move. We're praying, come to prayer on Monday nights. A lot of stuff is happening on Monday nights. Well, I haven't seen anything. We're praying this stuff out. We're making the phone calls that you make when you go on before vacation, we're, we're making the reservations online for the places we're going to be staying down the road. We're doing the research that's required. We're, we're calling this person and that thing in this situation to come together to a place when we get there, it'll be there. You have to have those things. See, God is organized. He was so organized when mankind fell, he already had a plan. His name was Jesus. Aren't you glad he didn't scramble? He immediately knew he already had a plan. He had stuff, he had stuff in the works. So we're praying this stuff out. We're praying out his will. He doesn't just do it in and of himself. Pastor said the other week, you know, that, that uh, well, if God's going to do it, God will do it. No, if God's going to do it, it's not just he has a plan, but we must cooperate with that. See, Enoch went on a walk. He, went, he walked with God. He went on a journey. He saw there was a place to go. He yielded himself to go on that, but then he trusted God. He believed that he was and that he was a rewarder of those who seek him. Now, God wants to use us. Go over to Mark, or Mark chapter 16. Scripture I, I know you know and spent a lot of time on these in the past. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 says, go into all the world, preach the gospel. Notice it said, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Who is to go into all the world? Them, right? He was sending them on a mission. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. Listen, what people do with it is entirely up to them, but it is still our job to go and preach. It's still our job to go into all the world. They make their own decision, but we still go. These signs will follow those who believe. That word follow is a company that goes along. It's not follow after, but it goes alongside with. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, by no means hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. These signs will follow those who believe. Well, you know, uh, 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 these signs follow us as believers. Chris Rallum said this when he was here. He said, how do you talk about miracles? He said, how does somebody have a miracle ministry? How does somebody have a miracle ministry? Healing ministry. He said, you got to lay hands on the sick. He said, if you'll lay hands on the sick, you'll have a healing ministry. It's tough, isn't it? It's complicated, isn't it? I got to be called to have a healing. You have been called to have a healing ministry. You have been called to have a delivering ministry. You've been called to do the, What are these things? These are the works. These are the, the righteous, the, the right actions that we've been called to. This is what we've been called to. Do you hunger for these things? Are you hungry for these things? It's a serious question. Are we hungry for these things? Do you want to be used? Not just have your place, but then also have your right actions. Not the yes or no of sin, but the right actions of the gift and the calling that's upon your life. Mm. Ephesians chapter 2 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. 
for the move of God, for revival to really go where it needs to go. It's not, it's not just the pastors who, who begin to step out in things. It's people begin to step out in things. Begin to see themselves as the fact that they are right with God. And though, even though they might have some issues, they're still right with God. Your issues don't change who you are. And because of that, there are actions that you not only can, but the Lord wants you to hunger and thirst after. He wants you to be hungry for these things. He wants you to, to thirst after these things. Not just be interested in, but hunger and thirst after them. Well, praise God. Going back to, to Matthew, where we were in Matthew chapter 5. It says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let me just say this. If you make the decision to want to go after the right actions that God would have us to go after, you're going to get persecuted for it. You're going to get persecuted for it. You're going to, you're going to get opposition over it. We, we look back, I always think of Smith Wigglesworth, and I think of persecution along this line. We think of Smith Wigglesworth, he was a great man. How many, do you realize that most people did not like Smith Wigglesworth in his day? Even, even the people and the, the faith people, most of them weren't real comfortable with Smith Wigglesworth and Smith Wigglesworth's day. Now they celebrate him. But most people were a little, little freaked out by that guy, to be quite honest with you. He, he, he rubbed them wrong. You want to know why somebody like Smith Wigglesworth rubs somebody wrong? Because a lot of times it points out what we're not doing in our own lives. Right? If you're going to go after these things, if you're going to hunger and thirst after righteousness, your position, yes, but also the right action that comes with it, you're going to get persecuted for it. You're going to have opposition over these things. And the Bible says you're blessed. It says you're blessed. In uh, uh, that, that scripture says, happy to be envied, 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 and spiritually prosperous. Those who go after the will of God. I know it was simple tonight, but I want you to begin to think about some of these things. You know that if we're going to move forward, we're going to have to begin to start taking some risk. Risking our own pride. Risking what people think of us. Risking a comfortable life. Risk not being interested in, in you know, changing, risk, risk our priorities. Right? I mean, for, for revival to continue, for the move of God to continue, for heaven being displayed on earth, for the garden being expanded, it requires that we start hungering and thirsting after some different things. You know, when, when, you, when the Lord asks, begin, when anytime you are asked to hunger for something else other than what you're used to eating, it can be, a, it can be a, I don't know if I really want to do that or not. Right? I mean, I, I love Thai food. I'm a huge Thai food fan. Now, some of you are like, yeah, I don't know about Thai food. But before I had Thai food, I really wasn't interested in Thai food. We were skiing, my dad and brother and I, we were skiing. We were, we were in Vancouver, and there was a particular Thai restaurant that my brother loved, and he kept talking about how great the Thai food was. And so we finally agreed, okay, this is my first experience with Thai food. And he said, he was telling me how great it was, how great it was. Can it be on? To be honest with you, I didn't want it. I wanted to go someplace that I was comfortable. I want to go someplace that I could read the menu. <laughs> See, what was written there was just completely foreign to me. I'd never tasted it and never experienced it. I liked what I liked. Anybody, everybody been there before? So we went to the restaurant and, and we sat down. I couldn't even read the menu. I don't know what was there. And I see the other things people are eating. And to be honest with you, it didn't really appetize me. It was a little, some of it was a little creepy. What is that? that? That bothers me a little bit, you know? I had, so I had my brother order for me. I trust my brother. He ordered for me. Had it and I have loved Thai food ever since. But the thought of getting Thai food for the first time was something that I had to make a decision that I'm going to broaden my horizons. I'm not just going to eat where I've always eaten. 
I'm not just going to value what I've always valued. I'm not just going to go where I always go, but I'm going to expand. That's it. It has blessed my life. It has blessed my waistline. But I was open to something different. And at the time, it, did, it didn't sound like something I would ever like. Come to find out, it turned out to be one of my favorite types of food that there is, period. Now, the idea of, of stepping out beyond ourselves and, and going to the next place. And when you're at work and you see somebody and they have a need in their life, flu season or whatever it is, and you see this, you have to make the decision, am I going to sample something new or just stay where I've always been? Right? There, there, are, there are new actions to be taken. See, as long as we keep it just about ourselves, we'll never really go where we need to be. But if you begin to say, you know what, I'm going to step out into something that may, might freak me out a little bit, might be a little uncomfortable, might make me a little, might not be pleasant for me at the time. I remember the first time that I actually laid hands on somebody other than church. I was as nervous as I could be. I stumbled around, bumbled around, said stuff that probably made no sense at all. But I tell you what, God was faithful. He came through. He ministered, he met that person's need, and it was the most exciting thing that had ever happened. Now, I'm going to tell you something. The second time, I was just as nervous. But you get a taste for something. Listen, we need to get a taste for some new things. We need to get a taste for some new things. So we need to develop a taste for some new things. Now, like I said, you know, pastor can come up and correct whatever this he wants to, but uh, <laughs> it's his church, right? But uh, I believe if we're to take the next step, part of that is, is best begin to expand our, our vision beyond just what applies to us. And there are right actions that we should hunger for. This may not be your favorite message in the world. It might make you uncomfortable. It might make you uncomfortable. When the Lord started dealing with me about doing this stuff more often, it made me really uncomfortable. Lord, I'll pray that you send laborers. Has anybody ever used that before? Lord, I can pray, send some laborers. Send some laborers, Lord. And that's exactly what he said to me. He said, I, say, he said, I sent you. Oh, oh, snap. <laughs> For real, God? I can do a whole lot better praying than I can do talking to this person right now. But you know, the more you do it, the more you get used to it. And you develop a, a, when I ate that Thai food for the first time, I was a little awkward. I was ate it slow. I wasn't quite sure what I was getting into. I cleaned that entire bowl out that night because it set something off on the inside of me that I will, I, where have I been my whole life? Where has this been my whole life? Thai food is wonderful. And now I order it everywhere I go. If I can get Thai food, that's what I order. But it requires you making the decision to be hungry for something different. And the different for us, the different for you may very well go, go from different being you used to just focus on yourself. And now it's time to focus on somebody else. And trust that God's faithful. Believe that he is. And he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Do you think seeking God when it, when it, in terms of being obedient and going after the works that God has prepared for us to walk in, those good, do you think that, that he would meet you if you did that? Absolutely. 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 Well, praise God. 48 minutes. Went a little longer than I did last time. I told Steve I've been working him down shorter. Everybody stand up. I've been trying to get, get him a little shorter and shorter every time. Well, just why? I'm trying to break the Anderson curse where everything is two hours, so. <laughs> Praise God. You know, each one of you, if you're born again, if you've accepted, especially if you've received the Holy Ghost, you've been endued with power. You have what you need. You really do. You have what you need. And you can trust the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. You can trust that. 
You can trust him. You know, when the Lord gets your attention about somebody, if, you, if you'll stay prayed up and stay open, the Lord will begin to point people out to you. I have yet once, when the Lord put somebody on my heart, whether I saw a need or not, if the Lord prompted me, I've yet, not one time have I had an instance where it, there wasn't a purpose for it and God didn't use me. Uh, I'm thinking of, uh, uh, I ran into, it was outside of Target. And uh, where's Rachel Martin? Is she here or is she in a kid's classroom? She's over there. She walked up on me in the middle of me talking to these folks. But anyway, uh, we were sitting outside of, uh, of um, Target. And, you know, a little, little cutout area where the benches were outside the front doors were right in front of the bus stop. I went and I got in my, was walked out, and I saw this couple sitting there. And I just, as much as I knew my name, I knew I needed to go talk to them. I knew I needed to get to talk to these people. Well, I'm in a hurry. I'm busy. I got somewhere to go. And be, to be honest, all those things were excuses because I really didn't have anywhere to go that important. But immediately those things started going through my mind. Oh, I got this to do. I got that to do. And, and, and after all, that would be really weird, me just walking up to these folks. I actually got in my car and drove out of the parking lot. And the whole time I'm driving out of the parking lot, walking to the car and driving, the Lord's like, I, you need to go talk to those people. You need to go talk to those people. Talking about being hungry to be used for God. If you, if you begin to start hungering, he'll start using you. But so you're freaking me out, Pastor Greg. I don't want to be uncomfortable and, and, and torn what I should do. No, the point is I finally listened. And you know, the Holy Ghost was right. These folks were in their late 80s. They didn't look like they're in their late 80s. In their late 80s, and both were atheists. Both have been raised in church as children. They were from London, have been raised in church as children, and both had rejected the whole idea. Uh, uh, they were raised in, in, a, in a Catholic setting, and so had rejected the whole idea that there is a God, that Jesus exists. They thought it'd be nice. The idea is a pleasant idea, but, but you know, they really didn't believe in this stuff. But you know what? The Lord sent me back to them. We had a conversation. There was an opportunity for me to pray for them. They were sick had stuff going on in their bodies, got a chance to pray for them. Now, did, did, I, did, I, did I win them that day? No, I didn't. But somebody's got to water. Somebody's got to be obedient. Somebody's got to pay attention. And when the Lord prompts you, somebody's got to do that. You've got to be willing to step outside your own world if that's going to happen. I remember I got in the car. I was so thankful. Thank God for the opportunity. Thank God for the opportunity. And now I could pray that God would send laborers across their path because I know that somebody had already planted something or maybe I did a little watering. Maybe somebody else had already planted. But I know I had done my part to do what the Lord had told me to do. And so then I could pray for God to send laborers because I knew that there were laborers out there that, that would respond. Just about, just about being hungry for God to use you. Being hungry for God to use you. Desiring God to use you. Thirsty for that. How do you get hungry and thirsty to be used by God? Ask God to have it grow in your life. Instead of just using our faith to believe God for stuff or things that pertain to us, how about believing God for him to, to put some hunger in you? God, deposit a little bit of hunger and a little bit of desire to see you use me in other people's lives. Do you think he's faithful to do that? Do you think he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him? Yeah, I believe he is. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.